My name is Laura Dawn, and you're listening to episode number one of the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast, because what the world needs is a new kind of leader. I look at psychedelics and psychoactives as a practice, and just as I utilize meditation to let go of fear or to envision, you know, the next year or to relax my mind. So there are many, many uses that I use meditation for. It's the same approach I have for psychedelics. I think the art of leadership is to be able to know how to come in and come out, uh, how to come in and then fade away, uh, where to support and who needs help, and being able to move from different positions, sometimes to be in the front, sometimes to be in the back, sometimes to be in the middle, sometimes to be in the sides. And mastering that art and knowing when to support others to go in the front and when I need to carry on in the front because somebody else is a little bit, you know, tired. I think that's the mastery of it all. This episode features an intriguing conversation with co-founder of the Thank You Plant Medicine campaign, Jonathan Glazer. I am so thrilled to be launching this podcast with Jonathan as my first guest. He has become a really good friend over the past year as I've watched him and Dave Griot launch the Thank You Plant Medicine campaign and online community. And I've dipped in and out at various moments throughout their journey to help support the movement in different ways. And also through my friendship with Jonathan, I've been able to get a glimpse of just how much effort is required to get a vision like this off the ground. And we'll be talking about that in this episode and what he's been learning through this process along the way. But gratitude for plant medicines just feels like a really appropriate place to start. So I would like to officially open this podcast by expressing my gratitude for all the plant teachers in my life. Just giving so much thanks. I mean, words can't even fully describe how grateful I am for my entheogenic allies and how much they have taught me and how much I continue to learn and grow from these incredible plant teachers I also want to offer respect and gratitude for all the medicine makers, medicine carriers, wisdom keepers, and all the different indigenous traditions who have worked with such a wide variety of medicine ways for thousands of years and who have been graciously willing to offer their knowledge and wisdom to so many people. And my prayer is that this offering is fully reciprocated. And giving thanks to the thousands of people around the world supporting this psychedelic renaissance and this plant medicine movement, may we all hold space for this great unfurling with mindfulness and awareness, grace, integrity, and good intention. Okay, so before we dive into this conversation with Jonathan, I will always encourage you to listen to this episode and all future episodes with an open heart and an open mind. There are infinite ways that we can step up as leaders in this space, and I guarantee that we are not always going to share the same opinion, and that's okay. There's beauty to be found in our differences, and let's learn from each other. And I encourage you to listen to this episode right until the end. For those of you who receive my emails, you know how much I love to share the joy of music. And so I'll be leaving this episode off with a song from my dear sister, Mary Isis, called Are You Listening? And if you'd like to get on my list and you'd like to receive my full eight-hour music playlist for Psychedelic Journeys and Beyond, you can swipe that list from my website, livefreelauradcom forward slash freebies, or just click the freebies tab at the top of my website. 
And that's where you'll find my free eight-day microdosing course that covers just about everything you need to know to start cultivating a mindful microdosing practice. Okay, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Jonathan Glazer. Welcome, Jonathan Glazer. How you doing, brother? Good to see you. Welcome to the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast. Good to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Laredi. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, see you. Mm, well, you are such a great example of what one aspect of psychedelic leadership can look like. And I'm so excited to share your story. You're the co-founder of the Thank You Plant Medicine campaign, along with Dave Griot. And it's just been amazing to watch what you guys started, what it's becoming, and I'm excited to see where it's going. So let's just start there. Um, I want to know more about how how this all started. Okay, great. Uh, well, uh, you were there at the beginning. We just didn't know each other back then, but it started in the World Ayahuasca Conference. And uh, that happened in Girona in 2019, in June. And I was... Uh, on a personal search uh, for my, you know, second part of my career. Uh, I just graduated in psychology and as, you know, I, I had a lot of interest in meditation for many, many years that I've been practicing. I was looking uh, for uh, a program that includes neuroscience and psychedelics uh, and that's, that's really the reason I went to uh, the World Ayahuasca Conference. And Dave is a good friend of mine, so I invited him. We both have had our experiences uh, together, uh, sitting uh, with different psychedelics, different psychoactives. Uh, and we really took uh, interest in uh, Ayahuasca specifically. Uh, and during that conference... Uh, we were amazed to see how many amazing people around the world uh, are part of the of the community, uh, and specifically a part of the community of uh, that practice and work with substances that are illegal uh, in many countries, and not only illegal but also uh, perceived as dangerous and perceived as addictive and perceived in many many ways that are completely in contrary to our personal experience. Um, so through that conference, which was one of the best week of our lives, because, you know, there were 1500 people from 40 something countries, uh, we, we were looking for, you know, what we can do, what, what we can, uh, assist, help support. And, and we didn't really know what it was, you know, it was like, there's so many amazing people here, you know, uh, what can we do? Yeah, that was kind of the feeling and the conversation we've had during that week. Uh, specifically, uh, there were a lot of people from the science uh, uh, and a lot of people from, and uh, I'd say that actually curanderos, you know, people that work with the medicine uh, and people that have experience with medicine, but we didn't really get what will be our angle and in the last hour of that conference uh, in a breakout room an idea came up uh, actually to david uh, and he said hey why don't we organize all these people here and share our stories you know just just tell the truth about our experiences what would happen then 
will do something similar to what the LGBT movement did or other movements of coming out of the closet. And we tested that idea quite quickly. Uh, we had an opportunity to present it at the uh, last, last talk of the World Ayahuasca Conference, actually in the question section, uh, because we, we, we felt it's a, it's a good opportunity to see what everybody thinks. And uh, it was accepted with a warm, uh, warm acceptance. So a lot of people uh, contacted us and said that they want to be part of it. And that's how it all started, uh, just within an idea in a breakup room at the end of the World Ayahuasca Conference. And what was new about it was, uh, let's try and connect everybody around the world uh, that, that work with entheogens and psychedelics. Uh, so coming out of the closet is not a new idea. Uh, people in different parts of the world already did that. Uh, you know, with famous people like, you know, uh, Sting and uh, other famous people coming out and telling their stories about uh, their experiences. Uh, but what we uh, brought as that could have been viewed as innovative uh, is uh, uh, coming together mm-hmm. and uniting everybody. Mm-hmm. And so up until this moment in time, and I know so much is going to unfold and continue to unfold from this movement. Um, but what has the Thank You Plant Medicine campaign accomplished so far? Right. So <laughs> it's... We've, uh, the campaign was uh, first off surrounded uh, or, or focused on one day, which was February 20th. And the idea was to concentrate the energy of uh, as many people as possible uh, for that day. Uh, and, and when I say energy, I mean, you know, people sharing stories uh, online uh, with their family, with their friends. Uh, and telling them uh, the truth behind, you know, how they healed from or how they transformed their life working with psychedelics and psychoactives. Uh, so you helped us out, actually. And we created a beautiful event in Costa Rica, uh, bringing uh, representatives from uh, native cultures, from uh, people that uh, like Atosa Sultani, that is the president of Amazon Watch, you know, Paul Stamich, who is the, one of the most famous mycologists around the world uh, for his science, his books, and his uh, ongoing trailblazing of uh, psilocybin and mushrooms to be recognized in society. We had his uh, doctor named Pam on the panel. Uh, and, and we created a, a, a beautiful event. It actually was a few days event that celebrated uh, healing, transformation, and growth, working with psychoactives and, and, and intelligence. And the idea was to uh, show the beauty of it, show the science of it, show the tradition, and, and show uh, how uh, magnificent, uh, through uh, our experience, uh, the healing transformation that we can have working with plant medicines. Uh, so that was one thing, and, and we were successful in, in, in gathering about 120 organizations uh, from all over the world. So the Beckley Foundation, MAPS, Chakruna, ISIS, different psychedelic societies of Denmark, of Australia, of New Zealand, uh, people in London, in, in Scotland, in, in Israel, in, in, in Dubai, and, and all over the world, in India, uh, came and shared stories uh, online, shared stories with their families and friends. And, and what we, I think what we, we have achieved is creating a safe container 
for people to come together. And that's kind of the main achievement that we had. And since then, uh, our Facebook group, which is we call it Thank You Plant Medicine Community, has been a resource for people to ask for advice, to connect, to uh, ask specific questions about certain ailments, you know, back pains, headaches, PTSD, depression, alcoholism, addiction to uh, amphetamines, etc. And we've created to we created a super tight, respectful, kind, loving conversation. Uh, where naive people can come in and interact, experts can come in and be of service. Uh, and I think that was our biggest achievement. Uh, and we, we did a lot of other things after we we, we created, a, because the coming out day for us was kind of production of the launch of the movement. And today we regard it as an ongoing movement. So we're looking to be more active and bigger and more uh, influential uh, for, uh, for the better uh, in creating safe, responsible uh, space for people to interact and, and come to information about psychedelics and, and psychoactives. So we helped ICERS with fundraisers and we collaborated with MAPS and Dr. Bronner's uh, with uh, online events and with Chakruna and with all our partners, anybody that come and ask, hey, can you help us out with this or that? We, we always say yes. Uh, for example, now the uh, Native American church uh, is having a, uh, elaborating a preservation project for Piote and they, they need visibility, they need support, uh, they need the community to know about them. So, for example, we're working on a movie screening with them uh, and, and to support their project. Uh, so we, our attitude is all inclusive and let's help each other. So uh, for example, I see you as a sister and I see other people uh, in the movement as, as brothers and sisters and, and mothers and, 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 and uncles and aunts. And it's a big family and it's our responsibility to help each other and create a different kind of vibe uh, than what we are seeing outside uh, in, in the big world, uh, where there's a lot of conflict and a lot of aggression and a lot of, uh, I'd say, uh, tension and stress and fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys had a goal for how many people you wanted to uh, inspire to come out with their stories. Do you have a general sense of how many people shared their story across the world? Yeah, I, I think it's anywhere between five to ten thousand. That's amazing. Uh, on and on and after, uh, our goal was to get to a hundred thousand. Uh, today, I, I think that in the ne- next coming out day, we can engage between twenty to thirty thousand. Uh, and and we and it's interesting because the the first goal that we uh, we put out there when Dave presented it to in the World Ayahuasca Conference was a thousand people. Uh, and we way surpassed that goal. And then some friend of ours said, hey, why don't we, you know, shoot for a million? <laughs> and we said, ah, that's a little bit too much. So we kind of compromised on a hundred thousand. So that's where we are going to. Uh, currently the Facebook group has about 15,000 people. Uh, the Instagram has about 10. So we're, we're looking to build up and ramp up the, the amount of people uh, joining and sharing uh, and coming together. Mm. And I have no doubt that you guys will reach 100,000 and I'm proud to be a supporter of this movement. 
So there are a lot of people who have the vision of launching communities. You know, so much is is moving online these days with the pandemic. Let's just talk about moving from holding the vision to transmuting that vision into reality. What were you surprised about in terms of what this really takes? What have you learned? What are some of like the key nuggets of, of really getting this off the ground? Right. I, I think that uh, one of the key items is uh, perseverance, you know. Uh, what happened for both Dave and I, we had great healing uh, through working with the medicines. So for us, it's a way to uh, to give back. And I think that was the common denominator with most people that have worked with psychedelics and psychoactives and have, have had received a, a tremendous healing. There is this sense of gratitude. And gratitude and that sense of healing and, and, and kind of wanting to create reciprocity uh, gives the interesting motivation to spend, you know, all our extra hours that we have in the day uh, in, in, on a mission that we believe can change the world. Uh, and we don't see ourselves as a, as a satellite or isolated entity. There is so many beautiful organizations out there, uh, you know, just uh, like Aya Visionary and many others that are working together uh, uh, to uh, create the change or create the world we want to we wanna see. So I'd say perseverance and having a, a very strong motivation to do it. Uh, now... The, the challenge in the beginning was that we were two people, you know, and, and how do you, what do you do uh, to multiply to 100 and to multiply to 500 and to multiply to 1,000 people? And one of the things we learned pretty on, uh, pretty early on was that uh, our values are very important. So, for example, inclusivity, uh, meaning we include everybody that have had that, that had a healing uh, process with psychedelics or psychoactives, that was very important because then we didn't need to decide who is in, who is out. If you had healing and you're you know, willing to adhere to, to respect everybody else, you're part of it. Uh, and, that was, and that created a, a kind of a, an understanding that uh, everybody is invited. And it allowed us to bring people from, I think so far, about 80 countries and 80 countries. It allowed us to uh, bring in uh, the psychedelic organizations and communities around the world. Uh, we also did not deal with politics and avoided dealing with, you know, taking sides. Uh, and, and that allowed us to uh, be able to interact with everybody. If it's the, you know, students for sensible drug policy, the SSDP, uh, that have a certain way of seeing things or the cream nature that have their way of seeing things we we could uh, benefit both organizations and they and they uh, for example could join us so so being uh, apolitical in a sense another uh, item that was very important for us is that we all in in the psych psychedelic uh, you know entheogenic plant communities around the world we almost all of us we have had some form of healing, some some form of positive transformation. So the idea of coming out and the idea of sharing it together is based on this common uh, thread that we all have in our hearts. 
common experiences. So when I speak to somebody in the Philippines or someone in India, we, we, we understand each other. So it's really easy to uh, collaborate and coordinate uh, in that sense. So that was also a very powerful uh, item. Uh, and, and another thing is that we did, we, we, we kind of experimented. So we didn't have any, we didn't know where it's going to go, but we say, let's try it out. Let's experiment and see what the feedback is going to be. And that's the, the notion that we have throughout the movement until today. We just experiment with stuff. And if it hits, if it clicks, then we get a good feedback. And then we provide more of the same or we, we make it better. Uh, so that's another uh, approach. And we could move fast. So we, don't, we didn't have to produce amazing high quality videos. We created, you know, we created content that was authentic and real and, and that touched people's heart. The message was there. And it wasn't uh, fabricated. It was an authentic message. So that's another thing that we did is like we move fast. We didn't think so much and, and analyze too much. We just, you just did it. You know, we needed to make a two-minute video. We did a two-minute video. We needed to do this. We did that. We were uh, focused on action and practice more than, you know, theory and strategy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was back in the day where we were very few people. Today, we are way more people and there is... Uh, maybe a, a need for growth and, and think about a little bit further and deeper and have more strategy. And that's what we're doing today. How many people do you think are supporting you from all over the world? I mean, that to me is one of the most amazing parts that I've witnessed right. with you and Dave. It's like you have attracted a solid amount of people who have just dedicated their time to you know supporting this cause without pay and really because they believe in it which, right. you know, is really quite incredible. So why do you think so many people have come together from all over the world to support this movement? And how many people are sort of on your general team these days? Yeah, we, <clears throat> what we did then last year is that we had this, you know, volunteer sign-up forms. And we, so far, we have probably 2,000 people sign up on that. And it's people that, uh, you know, are willing to help in, you know, different types of functions. Uh, in reality, as we moved into the last uh, coming out day, uh, we've probably had a core team of about 100 to 200 people uh, that collaborated. So, you know, 30 people in LA and in Belgium and, you know, Denmark and France. And so we had uh, a big chunk of people uh, helping out with the local events. We did like 30 local events that, that happened last year. And then on the inner teams, you know, the graphic design, the uh, social media, the leadership team probably had between 20 to 30. Uh, we have a documentary team and stuff like that. Uh, and the reason people wanted to collaborate, first of all, it was fun. Uh, and that was, that was an important part of it. It was enjoyable most of the time. Uh, we we it was successful so we saw the growth and we saw that people are uh, wanting to do this um and uh, it was upward spiral you know so look at what happened to our relationship for you know since we got to know each other uh, and and it's true for the relationship with marisa sturds from lucid news you know and and so many other people that through the interaction and, and co-creating something together that is fun, that is beautiful, that is, you know, heart-centered, that doesn't care about money and capital at all, uh, was, was a great 
uh, adventure to, to, to be part of. And I think that was true for many other people. Uh, and we, we also used the, the time to envision what world we want to live in. And can we create that world that we want to live in? And we're actually creating it within our own spaces. Like, for example, you with your company, you're creating a certain part of the world you want to live in. And us with our activities and what we did together, we're creating part of the world we want to live in. And we're kind of putting the building blocks for that world. Uh, and that's, I think, inspiring, you know, instead of, you know, dealing with, with what we don't want to be part of and actually dealing with what we want to be part of was inspiring to people. Uh, and, and I think also we treated everybody super nice and, you know, with great energy and, uh, and very welcoming. And I think that also made, uh, make, make a big difference. And, and you, you see it today, for example, now we have a team of 10 people, uh, masterminding the 2021 event and it's super high quality, high energy, high, you know, uh, driven people that, that, that are part of it. And again, it's it's because we want to see a world where you and I can practice freely and legally what we believe in. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So, mm-hmm. so this has really put you in quite the leadership position. You know, you're also a leader, and you you have another company that you've built with many many employees. Um, but now it's like you're you're really at the forefront of of leading a lot of people, and so is Dave. I'm curious, what have you learned about leadership specifically as you've launched the Thank You Plant Medicine campaign? Yeah, one, I think one of the, it's a good question. <laughs> uh, I think the art of leadership is to be able to know how to come in and come out, uh, how to come in and then fade away, uh, where to support and who needs help, uh, and being able to move from different positions, sometimes to be in the front, sometimes to be in the back, sometimes to be in the middle, sometimes to be in the sides. Uh, And mastering that art and knowing when to allow others, or not allow, but when to support others to go in the front and when, uh, you know, I need to carry on in the front because somebody else is a little bit, you know, tired. Uh, I think that's the mastery of it all. and we learned, you know, again, how important our values are, uh, how, how important it is to be able to communicate transparently and honestly with people and being able to say things directly in order to save time. For example, last year, we spent a lot of time talking to a lot of people that were not really motivated to push. So we, we ended up, uh, in a sense, wasting time on that but also learning that if we create a core strong team that's all we need you know it's it's the, the, if, the, if you have you know 10 to 20 people that are super motivated that's all you need uh, to to move things and and shake it um i'd say the challenges that where we were presented as leaders is when you know uh, we interacted with people that had you know, uh, potential sexual allegations about them or people we didn't know and how to solve it, you know. Uh, somebody is going to hold an event, is hosting somebody else that has a, a past history or a supposed past history of abuse. And what do we do in that case? 
you know, and that's for close people to us that they came to us and say, hey, that person, you know, uh, had an abuse or abused me in the past. And now he's uh, going to be uh, talking on on our event uh, somewhere in the world. And these are the, these are, I think, are the, were the most challenging parts and, and what to do and what is our responsibility, what's the extent of our responsibility here. Uh, and I think in most cases we handle it well. We 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 pass the information on, which we we have a really good uh, network that support us and and protect us. So a lot of people tell us what we need to know when we need to know it in order to not to make mistakes and stuff like that. Um, Can we talk about that for a second? I'd like to 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 actually dive into this. I don't envy your position. This is. Uh, really a challenging area to deal with in the psychedelic movement and the community, especially with allegations or some people running retreat centers or ceremonies or, you know, malpractice. And it, it is, and you guys are really setting an example actually for how to navigate this and deal with it. And so people are looking to you for how you are navigating it. So let's say, for example, you know, I think that recently happened, someone posted something on the Thank You Plant Medicine community page What's your um, motto around censorship? You know, let's just run through an example and how you actually handled it. So if you feel open and transparent about that, because I think that this is a really important conversation to be having. Yeah, I, I agree completely. So I'll, I'll take a few, I'll take one example that happened recently. Uh, again, I, without naming names, uh, but in... Um, somebody asked for recommendations within the Facebook group uh, for where uh, he or she can can practice or or have the experience. And there was a, a gentleman, or basically a gentleman, that uh, posted there among many others. And that gentleman was flagged to us. Uh, that case was quite simple because we have some uh, prior knowledge from many many other sources about the validity of the claim uh, that that gentleman uh, should, you know, should not be advertising in the group, basically. So we gently said, uh, you know, we deleted the, uh, his post and we notified him. Uh, Are you addressing a conversation directly with him? To be honest, in that case, it just happened a few days ago. I did not have time to, to talk to him yet, but I am going to talk to him. Uh, in other situations, uh, we had a person that was supposed to be on one of our live streams and we got uh, the notification about it uh, that he also had past uh, history. And in that case, we contacted him, we contacted his friends, we talked to the person that uh, put the, the claim on that uh, and we explained our position. Uh, where we, uh, our goal is to keep the movement as clean as possible uh, and not get, uh, first of all, not, we don't want to be the judge, but we also don't want to uh, affect negatively the progress of the movement because the movement is a global movement. We don't have any other agenda than making it good for everybody. Uh, and opening these channels of communication, we eventually actually uh, recommended uh, that person to contact the person that made the claim and for them to communicate uh, with each other directly. As far as I know, it didn't happen because there was not enough interest on both sides to resolve uh, whatever conflict there was there. Uh, but 
we see our responsibility all the way to that point where one, we cannot, if we have a doubt or there are issues, we cannot leave you within uh, the, the, the face of the movement or in the movement itself. And two, uh, you need to talk with each other and you need to solve it between you if you want it to be solved. Uh, and this was how we dealt with it. Uh, but every case is a case by every situation is a case by case matter. Uh, and what we do really well is talk to people and talk to them directly and explain to them. And we have not had a situation where the person did not understand it. People involved, even the person that is accused, he, he or she uh, understand that this is not the place to, to quarrel about this kind of stuff. Or to, yeah. I think this approach is actually really uh, beneficial because I'm sort of of the camp that public shaming isn't the way forward for us as a community and that direct conversations are really at least the first step, you know, that maybe public announcements can be made on a certain level, but the, the over the internet, you know, social media attack and shame. I don't think anyone is going to transform or grow or heal through shame. I just don't believe that. I absolutely agree with you. And moreover, shaming is extremely detrimental for the conversation, for a conflict resolution, for in, in, in any perspective you look at it, if you look at it from a nonviolent communication perspective, you know, shaming is never going to be the solution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And direct communication and private conversation and, you know, working with mediators, people that are experienced uh, mm -hmm. is the right way to go. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, so that seems to be like one of the biggest challenges that you guys have faced. Are there other, any other challenges that you've really had to overcome some hurdles along the way? I, I'd say uh, one of our challenges was to break through to mainstream media. Uh, we were not very successful with it, you know, except some articles in Italy, France, Brazil, Portugal. Uh, we couldn't, we didn't really uh, break that barrier, even though we informed the different uh, media channels and we had a person working on it a lot. Uh, and that's a challenge that we hope to break through this year. And we actually saw it uh, changing. So for example, you know, I don't know if you saw that uh, the different friends in the movement, you know, got on Forbes, got on, on, on The Guardian. Uh, so it seems like psychedelics and psychoactives are in the mainstream already. Uh, but we want the stories to be on the mainstream. Uh, and the reason we want the stories to be on the mainstream, because the stories uh, really uh, communicate to other people that are suffering from same illness, the same difficulty, that there is a solution. Uh, and that, so that's the challenge we have not uh, overcome yet, uh, but we're looking to overcome this year. Hmm. Yet. I like you adding that, that <laughs> I, I totally believe that this will, this movement will hit the mainstream media in a big way. And um, we'll, we'll close the conversation with what you're working on next. So we'll, we'll get to that in a moment, but I, I want to sort of shift gears here. And one of the things that we like talking about is, you know, we're seeing the ways that um, plant medicines and psychedelics and entheogens can be used within a certain set and setting to help heal depression, anxiety, PTSD, and then I feel like both you and I have an affinity for the conversation about really being at the forefront of creating a different kind of set and setting that leverages 
mediation amongst teams, you know, group dynamics, creativity, creative problem solving, you know, you know that I'm, you know, in a graduate program right now studying creativity research that I'm, I'm really wanting to bring to, to, and apply it in these ways. And so I just kind of wanted to have a sort of back and forth about how you are exploring plant medicines amongst your team as well in your own life as a real launch pad for creativity, for working together more effectively in teams, whatever you feel like sharing transparently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I look at psychedelics and psychoactives as a practice and just as uh, I utilize meditation to let go of fear or to envision, you know, the next year, or to relax my mind. So there are many, many uses that I use meditation for. It's the same approach I have for psychedelics. There's uh, no limits into what we can uh, use them. I wouldn't say use them, but uh, engage with them. Exactly. Work with them. Work with them, engage with them. Uh, and specifically, one of my own biggest, uh, uh, you know, eureka moments was when I sold a huge issue in my company through working with uh, with a psychoactive. And it was a very specific moment uh, where I used both meditation and working with a psychoactive to solve an issue that could have led me to bankruptcy. Uh, after 10 years of owning my company. Uh, and through that experience, I, I could look at the problem from different angles and, and different perspectives. Uh, I could uh, develop a plan uh, that was uh, practical. I could uh, then, after the experience itself, integrate it and, and, and work on it and make it happen. So that was in the business uh, kind of... Uh, area uh, relationship uh, relationship with a loved one or relationship with oneself relationship with uh, friends uh, just recently uh, in a group of uh, four or five people that were creating this very unique events we we had a lot of uh, conflicts and there were a lot of things that were not said out in the open because there was no there were people in in that group didn't feel that um and they're safe enough to express themselves honestly and directly. Uh, so we open up, uh, you know, in that case, with the ayahuasca space where we, we drank together and we interacted, uh, of course, respect, respectfully and, um, and kindly and with gentleness. And we could work through a uh, very deep uh, resentment and anger uh, and frustration uh, about one another uh, and also show ourselves and, and, and talk about past traumas and, and why am I reacting the way I'm reacting and how do I want to react and, uh, in a better way and how I want to be better in that specific group. And coming out of those that to, to the experience, you know, it's like, uh, washed away a lot of our sorrows and a lot of our frustration and anger and actually got us closer. Uh, so that was in practice, you know, conflict resolution for a team building experience. Uh, yeah, these are two instances, but music, as you say, art and creativity. Mm -hmm. uh, 
it can be used to anything basically to you know make better politics and create better social systems and devise solutions for world hunger uh, it just allows us to uh, activate our brains in in ways that we normally can't uh, and allow us to access uh, spaces where many more possibilities are in uh, eyesight uh, than we saw before. Hmm. So I, I have a question for you. Yeah. I'm curious what you're going to respond to this, but let's say someone uh, expressed to you, hey, I think that's really irresponsible and disrespectful to the medicine and you shouldn't be doing that in that way. How would you respond to a comment like that? I would ask them first of all to know why they feel that way. You know, what's the what's the feelings that they have uh, that that brings them to view this in that way? Uh, that's the first my first question. Second, I would uh, I would I would try to understand where they come from. Uh, and also express what I, how I look at it, you know? So I'll go back to meditation. People view as, medi you know, in meditation, a very, what I perceive a very narrow uh, part of what's possible to do with meditation. So they gear their practice to that narrow uh, path. Yeah, and, and there are many, many different practices and many, many different traditions uh, in the meditation you know, uh, practice. However, I practice a tradition that seems no limits working with meditation. So when you see no limits, you can now broaden the, the I'd say the aspects of what you're uh, able to achieve yeah, with meditation specifically. Uh, so coming back to plant medicines and the traditional use of plant medicines, I respect people that want to practice it the traditional way. And that's also not the one thing, you know, the traditional Biwiti, the traditional, you know, Oaxaca, the traditional Ecuador, the traditional Brazilians. So I respect that. And I, and I interact and, and sit with uh, people that practice in that way. However, I believe in evolution. I believe in growth. I believe in exploration. Uh, so I think as long as you do things from kindness, from heart center, from caring to other people, from being responsible for yourself and others, uh, from a sense of integrity, uh, a sense of reciprocity, of reverence, if, if those things are, are part of what you do, then we can you know, paint with any color and that there is available to us. And why limit ourselves to just, you know, just work on biographic healing or physical healing? Why not use it to, you know, envision and work on the world we want to see? Yeah. So that's, that would be my answer. Uh, but I'm also very respectful to anybody that has a different view than me, and I respect their view. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean I will I will apply it to myself or just respect it. I really appreciate that answer and that response. And if anyone feels triggered by that, I think it is such a good indication to just look look at look at that within yourself and where is that coming from. And I love that you lead with wanting to understand where other people are coming from. 
And I think, you know, even just hearing you describe that, um, that sit that you did with the medicine with a small group of people. And I think, you know, when safety and consent are at the forefront of what you're doing and the intention is to bring healing, uh, and the outcome is healing for everyone. I mean, I, I just respect that choice that you're making and support people who want to make a conscious decision in terms of how they want to work with the medicine in that way. Yeah. And I, and I, and I learned something else. There is this, uh, this feeling of, you know, indigenous as, you know, uh, compared to uh, other races on the planet. And, and that's my point of view. And it's related to tradition that we are all indigenous people to this planet. You know, you and I, we represent 200,000 of Homo sapiens evolution. Uh, millions of years of primate evolution, and it's true for anybody on the planet. Uh, so from that perspective, we all have the right to spiritual practice. We all have the right to access the inner world that we have inside ourselves, uh, as long as we maintain respect uh, and, and, and listen and integrate. Yeah. So that comes to the, the same item of, you know, are you practicing in a traditional way or are you not practicing in a traditional way? Hey, I'm practicing, I'm, I'm practicing Tibetan meditation for 15 years. The, the practice is not from my home country. You know, my, my grandmother is from Ukraine. My grandfather is from Poland. Their ancestors, who knows where they're from? Yeah. So mm -hmm. in this day and age, we are all uh, mixed races. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how do you navigate sense. those conversations on, specifically in the community platform around cultural appropriation? Has that been really at the forefront of some people's conversation? And when someone makes a comment about that, how do you respond? I feel it's more, uh, and, and I said it in the past as well, I think it's, it's, it has to do more with a US-based conversation rather than a global issue uh, we don't get in the community so much of those comments from uh, other parts of the world uh, so we we the way we see it is a more local and geographically local uh, conversation rather than a global you know i live in costa rica uh, never had a situation here and i've been here for 17 years where somebody tell me hey you know, you are unwelcome here because you appropriate and culture, you know, actually not said, Hey, come, this is our culture, share it with us. So, you know, uh, I, I think when we do go to other people's countries, it's super important to do things their way. Yeah. So when people go to Peru or go to Brazil or go to Ecuador, uh, it's not about your way. It's about their way. And it's learning to do things in their culture, in their way. Uh, so that's, that's my recommendation. Uh, but uh, we try to avoid that kind of conversation when people talk about cultural appropriation because it doesn't make sense in a global, global level. Yeah. If we have something good to share, let's share it. If we have a healing to share, let's share it. If we have knowledge to share, let's share it. And by sharing it, uh, we can uh, work better together. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that perspective. Do you feel like diving into a little bit of your philosophy around meditation? You have a, a really interesting take. Do you, do you have time for that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, great. 
favorite uh, subject. <laughs> yeah, great. And so, um, you know, I don't actually even really know like the best question to to really get the what I'm trying to get at here. But just in terms of like your practice, your you know your conceptual framework around meditation, what have you? What's what is your meditation path? Right, it's a good question. So I started with yoga style meditation. And that kind of initiated me to uh, work with uh, a certain lineage from a Tibetan style meditation. Uh, so my take on meditation, yeah, and it's just my personal view. Uh, we have components in our body that are inner to us. Yeah, our, our brain, our hearts, inner organs, all our physics. And when we are born, uh, normally we're not taught how to interact with them. We know how to move physically. We know how to walk. We know, you know how to talk. We learn a lot of external stuff. We learn to memorize using our brain. Uh, but there are many, many aspects of our uh, hidden potential that are not taught to us. Not because you know, you know, our parents didn't want to. They, they didn't know. Yeah. And that uh, hidden potential... Uh, can partially be trained and worked on through the practice of meditation. And there are many, many people writing about this uh, from different perspectives uh, about what is possible with meditation yeah, and, and how we can change the frequencies in our brain uh, to access altered states of consciousness uh, and how we can heal our body uh, using the power of our mind. Uh, and and many other things that relate to meditation. So my uh, my take on it today is that through the practice of meditation, you over time unlock some aspects of yourself that have no limits of space and time and uh, capacities. I'd say, uh, and I'm in that process. You know, uh, so when somebody, and and again, that's my personal view, uh, puts some a finite point on the practice of meditation and calls it enlightenment or waking up, to me that doesn't mean much because uh, the more you go inside yourself, the more you discover that there is just no end to where you can go and what you can do with it, with your consciousness, with your presence, with your energy. Um. Uh, so our practice is a practice that is not, you know, sold, uh, is not marketed, uh, and it's and it's done so to protect itself. Because what if you see uh, what's happening uh, around the world is that a lot of uh, spiritual practices are being sold to people, uh, and in in a sense that exchange of uh, money. Uh, creates a confusion uh, in in the eyes of the student because the student says i paid uh, now i don't need to you know i i did my due hmm. uh, it's like this, this when goes, you go to a ceremony yeah, when, i was just gonna say that goes for people who go and do a two-week shamanic trainings who pay for it and think i paid for it so now therefore i am a shaman <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's like, gosh. Or, or for example, and you see, you see it very much in, in, in ceremonies, you know, people go pay, you know, $150, $200, $300, $500, whatever it is, 
uh, to the to the healer and they go through a plant medicine experience and that completely changed their lives like they're, they're, you know and 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 they think that with two hundred dollars that's that's actually you know enough <laughs> where where is you know what really is the payment i'd say or the reciprocity is what do we do in the world you know how can we improve uh, our families our friends our society so our practice in that sense look at reciprocity in that way it says okay i'll teach you but then i expect that one you're going to pass and share the knowledge and two you're going to be effective on your community on your uh, society uh, on a you know whatever whatever way you choose to do it but that's the true reciprocity because what we gain in spiritual practice uh, in a certain way uh, we we gain happiness we gain uh, peacefulness uh, we gain uh, beauty because we can see the beauty in more things and see the beauty around us more often and these are things that once we gain them over time they become permanent yeah so it's an amazing gift and you know $200 or $1000 are not worth that gift like the, the what's really worth is that now you dedicate your life and you uh, work with other people and uh, with your community and you do better for the environment for humanity uh, for the animals on our planet uh, so from kind of to summarize summarize it you know meditation practice is not for meditation meditation practice is for helping you know to to transform the world uh, through working on oneself hmm. uh, and so you've yeah. had a teacher, you've had a teacher for how many years and it's all been through um, donation based or not, no pay, just exchange of energy. What does that look like? How long have you been with your teacher? And now aren't you, you're also taking on students as well. Right. So I, I've been working with my teacher for 15 years uh, and I cook. So every week when I, when I, when I come, I make a great meal. Oh, <laughs> That's wonderful. So I improved my cooking skills over the years. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, uh, as I said, it's a, it's a relationship for life uh, because uh, just like entogenic, entogenic plants and psychedelics, you, every time you go there, there is new things you discover about yourself, about life, about the world, which change every day, right? Uh, it's true for meditation. Uh, Meditation is always different and there's always new spaces to go through because the universe is unlimited. Like there's, if, if you look at the of, of, of energy and, and where we are in the universe and what's going on, there is no limit. So uh, the practice itself is, uh, has no limits itself, uh, as well. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a weekly practice and I practice daily as well. And in the last two, three months, I started taking, uh, taking on students that... Um, that kind of seemed to me that they can be a force of good in the, in the world. One of them is actually a curandero, a facilitator of plant medicine and a musician, beautiful soul. Another person uh, is a, a, phys uh, he's a, a physical therapist. Uh, he trains people, works with people on getting healthier and better. And he also specializes in flow states which has some uh, relationship to uh, meditative spaces and meditation spaces. I started working with my mom 
uh, on a weekly basis. She she's a long time meditator, but not with this style of meditation. And she has uh, knee pain, so I'm working with her on a weekly basis. And then there is a friend that is buying a retreat in Costa Rica, and I wanted to give her uh, skills that she can then use when she works with plant medicine uh, and people. So give her uh, other skills. Is there a name that this style has? It's it's no. It's, not really. And that's the point of it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people <laughs> identify with names, they identify with styles that they, they, you know, they start getting, you know, green belts and, and blue belts and black belts. And uh, this, it's, it's, it's a combination of breath, breath work and specific postures and moving of energy in the body and unlocking different energy, energy centers in the body. But it doesn't make sense and, and, until you practice it. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, uh, what's, you know, meditation style has been quite uh, popular recently, which is the Wim Hof, uh, style of meditation. Uh, I haven't practiced, but a friend uh, gave me some reports and, and it's has a few, uh, initial, uh, aspects of, uh, Wim Hof style of meditation. Uh, it's just a different type of breathing. Uh, However, you know, if you look at mindfulness meditation or you look at Eckhart Tolle or Deepak Chopra or other uh, spiritual meditative uh, teachers, uh, I'd say that what the practice itself has thousands and thousands of places to go to and levels. And that's what's special about it is that uh, there is the surface and then there is under the surface and then there is a thousand levels uh, more. yeah, that's that's about meditation. I personally practice open focus awareness. And when I hear you relating your meditation style to tapping into uh, this limitless quality to life, uh, that's so much of what I get out of open focus awareness. It's like training the brain to pay attention in a different way. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just so curious and I love to hear what other people are doing. And You know, I think uh, when I've really seen you in action, like in the moments where, you know, we were putting together all the details for the launch day and I witness you as very centered, you're, you're the cool, calm and collected. Oh, if you need some, if you need someone to stress out, we can appoint that person over there because I'm not going to stress myself in this moment. Uh, (laughs) So I, I love that about you. And I think that that's just a testament to years of practice and the way that you show up. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that comment. Uh, it's it's interesting, you know, for people that do psychedelics and psychoactives. Uh, uh, I would say there are meditative states that feel like a little bit like MDMA and some meditative states that feel like psilocybin and some of them feel like uh, DMT. And and all of those are accessible through breathwork and practice. So I encourage people to take on meditative practice uh, when they... Uh, take on psychoactives and psychedelics. They work together really well. Uh, I'm curious your perspective on how psychedelics can influence real change in different domains. And if you think that um, that is the future of of the psychedelic movement, you know, really influencing different domains of life, whether it's politics, economics, mm -hmm. business... Yeah, it it's, uh, it creates tectonic shifts in every 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 place it goes to, and it's not really every place it goes to. But when you have people from those domains interacting with psychedelics, you know, through beautiful invitations that the community can do, 
And we do it all the time to our friends, to family, to people we know that are suffering from that ailment or another. Uh, through those invitations and, and people from those uh, the, these places, they come and interact with the medicines. Usually what happens is, you know, it, hopefully the first or the second experiences are good. They change their perspectives about their own profession. So by by changing by changing uh, their minds and and their attitude change, their action change, behavior change over time as well, uh, and possibilities are now uh, different. You know, uh, a great part of Apple, uh, a great part of Tesla, uh, and many other successful companies around the world have been inspired by uh, psychoactives and psychedelics. And these are, you know, just a few examples, but uh, the shift can be tremendous. I, I do think, uh, you know, we need to invite people as much as we can to to join the road with us and to road to join the path and to learn about it. Yeah. There's no limits, you know, uh, medicine, uh, inventing new uh, new solutions, uh, technological solutions, software. Uh, there's there's absolutely social systems, you know, how to live together, communities, uh, how to plan cities, uh, how to interact with the animal world. Uh, there's so many things we can we can do through opening our minds uh, with psychoactive and, and intelligence. Hmm. What are you most excited about uh, in terms of what the Thank You Plant Medicine campaign is working on right now? And maybe you want to share a little bit of of visions of your future. Okay, interesting. So, I'm very excited for uh, for the teams we've gathered this year to to work together. Like we have the art director of London Real on our team, uh, this beautiful soul that helped us out last year. Uh, and London Real is a you know if, if 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 listeners know it's a two million subscribers on YouTube. So this is just one person. When we have some you know. Uh, producers from Hollywood and we have an amazing uh, group of people working together to create the biggest celebration. So I'm really into celebrations and uh, producing b- beautiful events that uh, and transmit beauty and 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 to transmit heart and transmit kindness and 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 upward spiral experiences. So I'm very excited about the 2021 uh, coming out. Uh, we already have partners and organizations contacting us to want to do events uh, before, during, and after, and kind of in conjunction with the with the celebration that we are going to do. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, we are also working on side projects. Uh, one of them is a news channel that we uh, want to bring into the uh, Thank You Plant Medicine uh, social media. Uh, where we tell stories from around the world, and we 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 tell it, we tell how things are uh, on the legal aspects, on research, on uh, the different you know communities that are gathering around the world and working with plant medicines. So, kind of a space where we can uh, give a beautiful uh, perspective of what's going on around the world, because we are all about global. Uh, I'm also excited about creating events. Uh, I think over time. Uh, we are going to be involved in creating uh, events in physical space. Uh, you know, as you know, I love uh, sitting with friends, and uh, you invited me to one of your events in Costa Rica. It was a beautiful experience. 
Uh, I love creating music and soundscapes and, and you know, weaving together uh, the things I'm passionate about, which is plant medicine, sound and meditation into creating a transformational experiences. So I'm excited about that. And uh, yeah, there's so many things going on uh, that <laughs> another thing we're working on is a leadership school. Uh, I don't know if you know that, uh, but it's a, it's a leadership school for the, for people that want to be facilitators and want to work with um, spirituality and healing. Of course, we don't do that alone. We do it with, you know, a lot of experienced people, uh, but we are kind of working now on the first phases of that project because what's happening and, and it's uh, appropriate here for the leadership podcast uh, is that... Uh, as legalization, medicalization are going to roll out, there are not going to be enough uh, leaders uh, to lead uh, events and ceremonies. And we want to be part of that team that form and interact uh, and create uh, yeah, more people that can lead the experiences themselves uh, from, a, from a, you know, a very grounded uh, place, from a very heart-centered place. Uh, and that's another another project that actually Dave is masterminding, and I'm I'm helping out with uh, with a, group, a, f- a few other people. Uh, because the worst thing that can happen is that you know psychoactives become legal, and then we have endless amount of uh, casualties because they need to be handled with care. You know, it's not like any other substance; they're very powerful. So mm-hmm. these are the few. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing that you're saying this because like all in the span of one week, uh, so Synthesis Institute just launched their nine month uh, psychedelic facilitator training. I'm just in contact with another woman who is launching her psychedelic facilitator training. I think it's also nine months. So it's it's at the forefront right now. Yeah, think think about it. You know, if it's going to go global and it's going global, it is. You're going to you you you're you're going to need to have tens of thousands of people that are trained. Now, because it takes so long to train somebody, you know, it's like maybe nine months is a good beginning, but it takes years to become a good space holder uh, and experienced enough. And depending on how you work and what substance you work with, like you have your own experience on that. Uh, so it's not, a, it's again, it's my opinion about it. It's, you know, it can start with one year, but it's a lifelong, uh, lifelong occupation. Uh, so it is a big need for that. Uh, so we have a responsible usage and responsible application. And yeah. mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. Um, I'm really excited about the news channel. I think that that's going to be amazing and bringing a lot of different voices. I'm, I'm so excited for that. I'm just thrilled that you guys are doing that as well. Um, so just in closing, I don't know if you've uh, heard of Abby Wambach. She's a retired Olympic athlete and she wrote a book on leadership called Wolfpack. And she lays out the old rules and new rules of leadership. And the old rule, and I mentioned this in the introduction for this podcast, she says, old rule, lead with dominance, create followers. New rule, lead with humanity, cultivate leaders. And I think, you know, for me, that's really at the forefront of of what's leading this podcast. And I, I really think that that's at the forefront of how you're, you 
and Dave are both choosing to lead this entire movement. And that's something that I just really respect about both of you. You know, you're, you're not like, Hey, follow me. You're rallying a team behind a movement where a lot of people believe in that and you're cultivating more leaders in the space. And I think that this in an, in and of itself is contributing to the way movements happen to the, the larger social change that needs to happen right now. And so I just wanted to close with that, that I, I love that about what you guys are doing. Thank you so much. Uh, it's all about empower, empowering people uh, to believe in themselves, uh, really. Like uh, we, we are, we are many, many of us uh, or many people are you know, brought up to believe we are powerless and you know, we should follow. And it is so much not so, you know? Uh, so inspiring the magic uh, in each person and recognizing the magic in each person we meet. Uh, is a key to you know to our success as as humanity. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for dropping in with me. It's so good to see your face. I just I really appreciate you, Jonathan, so much. I cherish our friendship. It's been a delight to get to know you and see this movement unfold in real time. is is really just amazing. So thank you for having the courage to step out and take the risk and go for it because look at what's happening as a result. Thanks so much, Eldi. Thank you for walking the path together with me. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to episode number one of the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Dawn. My friends also call me LD or Laura D. I go by Live Free Laura D on social media. So if you're on Instagram, please connect with me on that platform. I'd love to get to know you please drop me a line and say hi. And if you haven't yet checked out some of my free offerings, like my eight-hour music playlist for Psychedelic Journeys and Beyond, you can swipe that list when you go to livefreelauraD.com forward slash freebies, or just go to my website and click on the freebies tab. And that's where you'll also find my free eight-day microdosing course that covers pretty much everything you need to know to get started with a mindful microdosing practice. I'm going to leave you with this song called Are You Listening by my dear sister, Mary Isis. Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening to Mama Gaia? Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening to Pachamama? People of the Together stand strong We're standing for the earth We're standing for the trees Standing for the waters and the air we breathe We are listening We are listening We are listening To Mama Gaia We are listening We are listening We are listening To Mama, we're listening to the earth, we're listening to the trees, we're listening to the birds, and we're listening to the bees. We are listening to the waters, we're 
dissonant listening to my Magaya. She's speaking through the earth, air, water, and fire. And she's tired from the damage she has acquired. I aspire to be the change in the world that is required and raise the vibe higher so we can see in a clearer frequency with decency. Be kind to one another and repeat good deeds as we sow these seeds. Unity and community is how we succeed. So please take heed. Listen to Mother Nature as she takes the lead. We're connected to Earth and she's connected to us. One love vibration, skin to bone, ashes to dust. Listen to all of our heartbeats in unison. Then you start to remember where you are from. You are one and we're one for all. Ancestors reaching out, we're gonna answer the call. All creation is the song of many frequencies. And I'm here to sing along in perfect harmony. All creation is one song, a university. And in this school of life, I'm learning purposefully to live my life with integrity, to sing the song of life in me. I hear the song of life in me. I am listening. I am listening. I am listening to Mama Gaia. I am listening. I am listening. I am listening to Pacham.